Welcome to Relationship Gold! I'm your host, Levi. And I'm Danielle. And this is our third episode here on Anchor. Today we got a whole bunch of great segments started. But we should probably surprise them with the order and all of that. Okay, let's go ahead and get that started. Okay, you got that set up? Yeah, everything's set up and good to go. Okay, cool. So, today, I thought we would go on a little bit of a rant. We seem to open with those quite a lot. I like ranting. I do, too. Raving's also fun, but not in the same way. I like raves. (laughs) Yeah. Glow sticks. (laughs) I don't know. People have different definitions of that, so you might want to be careful how you word that. Uh, I like the ones where it's like crazy dance party, glow sticks, and a lot of weird techno music. Yeah. That's that's my idea of a Maybe good Maybe a bunch of weed in the air. Yes, dude. Yes. Okay, so actually that was what I wanted my rant to be about. Surprise! Woo! Okay. Levi has not rehearsed this at all. I just shocked him with kind of springing this on him. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go. so there are a lot of people who are out there saying that stoners are lazy. Stoners are blah. No, here's what happens, okay? There are people out there who do the whole stoner thing where they do nothing but smoke all day, pass out, and eat munchies. Yeah, yeah, I've been there And those are people who are lazy. However, there are also people who do that that are not on weed. That's very true. Nobody ever takes that into consideration. That's very true. I mean, like, think about this, okay? All those boys slash men that are, you know, living in their mama's basement at 30 and playing World of Warcraft and Pokemon and anybody who's feeling attacked, it's probably because it's you. Sorry. So, just saying, at first I was actually getting a little offended. I was like, females could do, but honestly, I've never heard of a female that yeah. lives in their mother's house. Until 30. Until 30, playing some weird video game. Yeah, it's mostly a guy thing. Yeah, it really is. Anyway, so my point here is that you should not assume that all stoners are like that. For example, Levi and I both are able to keep jobs. Um, right now we have a car in the shop, so I'm not able to do mine, but... Uh, Levi has a job, you know, so and, we're we're both he, productive people. We have a clean house. We have kids that we have to take to doctor's appointments. Like, all three of our kids have at least two, some of, okay, we have two kids that have three kinds of therapy and one kid that has two kinds of therapy. Speech, occupational. Behavioral, uh, play therapy, physical, yeah, just, it's crazy all over the place. And then our youngest, Dakota has a uh, issue. He's a heart and lung patient. He was born with a hole in his heart. And he's such a brave little boy. You'll hear, uh, I don't know. We have time to talk about that. But we do. Uh, we do. before we go on to that, which we will after this, I just wanted to say that every... Think about this. If there's two different categories, one has one vote and one has two, right? Right. They could say double the amount of people voted for this option versus this option, right? Yeah. But it's only plus one. Right. So for the weed things, when they're saying that all stoners are lazy, and my point was that there are lots of people who are lazy that are not stoners. Yes. Maybe they say that it's more stoners are lazy. Okay? For one, re- weed does relax you quite a bit. It does. It's say that. Nice. It makes it hard to get started moving. Once you get started moving, you can't stop because you're kind of like on autopilot. <laughs> but um, once you get started moving, it's it's not that much of a problem. If we have one extra stoner that's lazy versus not stoner that's lazy, they could still say we have more. But they blow it out of proportion and make it seem like it's such a horrible thing. And I it's know the- fake news. <laughs> All right. 
Um, you're so, you're so weird, but I know you had a lot to say about the subject. This is something that you're very passionate about. And yes. so I thought I'd give you the floor for a few minutes to go ahead and do what you do. Thank you. All right. Because that's actually been something I have fully argued for, which is that potheads don't have to be lazy. I've been smoking pot for a very long time. I'm not going to tell you how long because if so, I may or may not be breaking laws. <laughs> All right. But. I am going to say I've been smoking it long enough where I've held jobs, and I've had it where towns knew my work reputation, alright? And my my wife, Danielle, is living witness to that. That's true. When we went to his hometown, everybody was like, hey, Levi, what's up? Now, granted, your hometown has like 25 people in it, but if there's like 24 of them that know your name, that's pretty awesome. And they all knew that it was good. I mean, in a small town, you can't keep a secret. And still everybody, you know, had a little bit of respect for me. I'm not going to say I've never messed up. but Okay, but back to the 420. Back to the, back to the 420 issue. I have worked very hard. And I've used this kind of like a combination of um, a calming medication and kind of a stress reliever. So instead of drinking beer after I get off work, I'll smoke a bowl. Instead of getting all angry or crazy on a Friday night on a fifth of whiskey, I smoke a bong. <laughs> and then giggle ourselves to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I've been to the other side where I am over here doing the exact legal thing after a Friday night of work. And guess what? The next day I don't want to work. I don't want to work again. Like, where I drink after I get off work, you know, mm-hmm. and have one of those nights, I wake up the next day hungover, tired, mm-hmm. sick. Don't want to move. Don't want anybody to talk to me. Just, oh, leave me alone. The same thing after I literally smoked about 150 bucks worth of weed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not even playing. I woke up the next day with pizza boxes, like, all around me. And I was like, man, that was a crazy night. I don't remember. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I gotta get to work in 40 minutes. Let me get up. Like, yeah, right, it doesn't let's... have the hangover effects. I've noticed that. It's really nice because you can get kind of the equivalent of shit-faced. And, uh... The next day you're ready to go. Totally fine. No headache, no nothing. The worst thing that this thing has done for me is probably give me dry mouth. Yes. That is a bad one. But if you have a drink on hand, that's not a problem because you just keep, like, wetting your whistle, so... Exactly. And then you stay hydrated. It's a win-win. Yay! (laughs) Also, I've heard a lot about this whole, um, anti-cancer properties, but somebody recently told me that there's some that cause cancer, so I guess it kind of depends on your intake method and which type of cancer we're talking about. Right, and what it actually does is it helps people that are experiencing chemo um, deal with eating uh, because it will make it where you don't want to eat. I've had close family members that died of uh, cancer. They could not eat, alright? Unfortunately, the state they were in, it was completely inaccessible to smoke pot, but, you know, it would have been a good thing had it happened. Gotcha. So, um, to end that rant really quick, just kind of wrap it up. We are stoners. We like to smoke right before we do these podcasts because it makes all of our commentary that much more funny. At least to us. To us, yeah. We're stoned, so it might just be really stupid. And if so, why the hell did you listen to the first two episodes and this one? Just saying. Thank you. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to two stoners ramble. Thank you. So, for the commentary that I was mentioning before on Dakota, he was born almost 10 pounds. He was 9 pounds 4 ounces, I think. 
And then I had a daughter that was 8 pounds, 13 ounces, and my first one was 5 pounds, 14 ounces. So it was kind of, you know, really big range there. Dakota, our youngest, <clears throat> was the biggest. He was 9 pounds, 4 ounces. He almost got stuck coming out with his shoulders on my, I think it was my pubic bone. And um, they almost had to do an emergency C-section. And his labor, I was... I labored for a good 32 hours before I went into the hospital and I wasn't even thinking that I was ready to have the baby. I was just like, man, these are some bad Braxton Hicks. At least tell me that it's, I'm dilated some. So I went in and I was like, please tell me I'm at least one or two centimeters dilated. And they're like, Oh, you're a six. How did you walk in here? Because they were amazed. I could, I could talk through the contractions. So I have a pretty high pain tolerance and this cute little boy, he was born with such a huge head. Yeah. And I actually, he's the only baby that I screamed on. I had epidurals on all three. And I had the other two, not a sound. The, well, that's not true. I kind of had a gasp at the you end. You had a it, grunt and yeah, but you know, it wasn't. That's kind of because of the pushing though. It's not like screaming from pain. Right. Anyway, so with Dakota, he was the only one I screamed on because it hurt that bad. There was blood everywhere. It was like a really crazy horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought an alien was going to pop out of you. Was he like, was crazy. actually 36 weeks, and so he was he was early. Had he stayed in there until full term, he probably would have been like a 12-pound baby. So I'm really glad he came early. Um, anyway, so originally we were concerned about like his bilirubin count and... Um, making sure that he was able to nurse and all of that. But right as we were about to discharge him for that, they did some sort of test and found out that he had a hole in his heart. And it was um, a VSD, which I don't remember what it stands for. It's ventricular something disorder. I don't remember. Um, but basically it means that there is a hole in the wall between the chambers of his heart that makes it so he has a little bit of backflow. So his heart has to work a lot harder. And that makes it so he, like, overheats really easy and stuff. They said it will eventually have to be repaired, but they want to wait as long as possible because the older he is, the better his chances of it working. And so at about five and a half months, he had the surgery. And you guys, this was the hardest thing I ever had to do because I had to hand my baby while he was crying and screaming to come back to me and be like, Mama, Mama, to some total stranger that I knew was about to cut him open. Yeah. Do you that was have terrible. any idea? You can't just cut him open, cut him open, and then open up his heart a little. Yeah. Bit, close it. That's terrifying. So that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life, yeah. and I might cry a little. I'm not gonna lie, that was no, horrible. That, that was one of the scariest moments in my life too. I, yeah. I they were like, "Yep, he should be fine," you know. Uh, but this is open heart surgery, so you can assume the risk. And we're like, "What risk?" And they're like, "Nothing." <laughs> Nothing. That, that you'll no. be fine. Everything um, will be They fine. did say that if he had to have a heart issue, this was the best one he could have because it was like the simplest fix, I guess. Yes. But so. he got this huge scar on his chest, and he was such a trooper. He was healing so fast. They the said, doctors were amazed because he got his tube out the first day from his chest. Yeah. They said it was going to take about two days to get his chest tube out. No, first day he was already doing Kicking good. Kicking butt. Yeah, that's our boy. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Dakota's story. You'll, you will uh, hear more on the other two at a later date. So, 
on with the episode. We have bad descriptions up first. Levi. Oh, man. You're going to love some of these bad descriptions because they are right over here. Now, While you get those pulled up, I'll go ahead and go on to the next one, okay? Appreciate that. Um, so there are... We were going to talk about plot holes. And that one was my... Oh, hold on. The mic fell. And hang on. Doing a little test here. Okay, so far it's still recording. Oh, good. Yay. Okay. Technical difficulties! This is also kind of a check to see what we can do right. as far as... Okay, now, can I can I tell them mine now? Go ahead. Okay, so we have some plot holes uh, that we're going to talk about. These are 30 huge plot holes in classic movies. The first one, Back to the Future... It says, where they're going, they don't need roads, or their script to make perfect sense. Back to the Future has a convoluted time travel plot which includes Marty McFly lying to his parents in the past about his identity being Calvin Klein to make sure that they stay together. So years later, when the McFlys have Marty, why don't they freak out when their son looks and behaves exactly like that Calvin Klein? Also, given that Marty lied about being Calvin Klein because of his underwear brand, wouldn't his mom freak out when Calvin Klein clothing was introduced? That's hilarious. We knew him. We knew the man that made the underwear. And you look like him, too. <sighs> yep. Um, another one was Titanic. Despite letting go, they're never letting go. The love story of Jack and Rose is doomed from the start of Titanic. We know this based on the movie's title alone. But it doesn't stop us from becoming emotionally invested. We do have one question, though. Why didn't Rose just, like, move a couple inches to her left? If you look at that raft and you look at how tiny 1997 Leo is, it is obvious that there is enough room for him to fit and for them to live their dang lives. Actually, there was a conflicting uh, report on that. That's actually the door frame. With the door on it. And if she actually had too much weight, that door is going to break open. And then they were both going to sink into the door. They wouldn't have done that, though, because the door is also wood. That's why it's staying closed. It floats in the frame. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Seriously, if she had moved over, she could have kept him. He's over here going, nope, I want to die a hero. And if I go with you, then it's not going to work. So That makes sense. <laughs> um, the next one was Karate Kid. Using the crane kick trained and perfected by Mr. Miyagi, Daniel knocks out Johnny and wins the tournament. Movie over, everybody's happy. Except, was this movie legal? Should Daniel have been disqualified? Was he the secret villain of the Karate Kid the entire time? Earlier in the film, it said that hits to the face are not permitted, not specifying whether that includes kicks. Mafia himself called the crane kick a clear violation, and the later YouTube series Cobra Kai features its alleged legitimacy as a prominent plot point. That is interesting. Um, I have another one. Toy Story. Pixar's first feature film is a playful classic. Toy Story begins with a simple quirk. Buzz Lightyear doesn't think he's a toy. Woody knows he is and is getting jealous of Andy's love of Buzz. Three movies later, the answer's clear. Here's something less clear. If Buzz doesn't think he's a toy, why does he freeze when humans walk in like other toys? It would, it Wouldn't he stay alive and tell the new life form about his predicament like he did with the other toys? 
That's very true. He should That bothers been, me. Yeah, he should have been like, Halt! What Who you, goes there? Maybe it's because he was first in the box. Yeah, they had that kind of like hibernation mode that they put on, remember? Yeah. I mean, that's a stretch, actually. That No, because remember they, they put him in hibernation mode? Remember when they go to the toy store? Right. And, like, I think it was the second, second, one. second or third one. Man, we're nerds. I know. But if we have kids, dude. We have an excuse. Don't tell them we watch it by ourselves. It's fine. Shh. 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 Anyway. <laughs> oh, I love you. Okay, so they have the hibernation mode, but that doesn't explain how when the box is open, which would break the hibernation... And he sees this giant man grabbing him like a little well, a toy okay. and playing with him. He's not going to be like, crap, we've been abducted in space and start freaking out. Kicking. Maybe he's trying to like freeze and play dead so that we won't hurt him. I don't know. <laughs> it really makes no sense now. Yeah. Citizen Kane. Widely considered one of the best movies ever made. Never seen it. Me neither. It begins with an enigma, Rosebud. The last word uttered by Charles Foster Kane, a wealthy and controversial newspaper publisher right before he dies. Rosebud. I've seen that so many times. I know, but it, you don't really know what it's about. Yeah. Here's the thing. Nobody heard him say Rosebud. It's made clear that he's alone when he dies, so how does anybody know? If this moment were to be taken at face value, then literally the entire movie shouldn't be able to happen. Okay, that's it. I don't know what that's about, but I'm sure that bothers somebody that's seen it, so you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) I have to go see it so it makes sense now. Batman Begins. Seen it a long time ago. At the beginning of the acclaimed Dark Knight trilogy, Scarecrow has been slowly putting fear toxin into the water supply. Yes. Raz al Ghul goes even further, setting off an explosive microwave emitter that releases the drug at the source of Gotham's supply. Okay. For one, if Scarecrow's been doing it for a while, why hasn't everyone gone crazy already from the plan? And two, Mm. after he sets off his bonkers bomb, we see water explode. The human body is made out of 72% water. Shouldn't humans be exploding too? That really freaks me out. (laughs) <laughs> popping like water balloons. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we got Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I've seen that one. You have? Yeah. Okay. In the first Terminator, it's explained that you can only send living tissue back through time, which explains why the first John Connor killing robot is introduced to us sans clothing. Okay. The one... Or sorry, the second one, Judgment Day, calls back to that moment by having the T-1000 be nude, too. Okay. T-1000 is made entirely of liquid metal, so he shouldn't have been able to go back in time at all. There's no living tissue involved with metal, clothing, or not. Unless Skynet has made some off-camera modifications to their time travel mechanics, we say hasta la vista to the movie's logic. No. The T-1000 was liquid metal, yes, but it was living liquid metal. It's a living tissue, though. Metal is not tissue. It was living, though. It said living tissue. Mm, it's kind of iffy there, but okay. I see what you mean. Uh, do you have uh, two more? I have some more, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Independence Day. This is one I've seen a lot, so I'm going to get upset about this one. To defeat the Independence Day aliens that have wreaked havoc on our global landmarks, David Levinson sends a virus to their mothership via scrappy hacking on a busted Macintosh computer. Yes. Hooray, the world is saved! 
We don't know about you, but we have no idea how to keep any of our tech stuff updated. So how on the earth was David's primitive technology compatible with the aliens' crazy futuristic stuff? For real, they should have had so many updates. Randy Quaid might be bonkers, but at least his plan made physical sense. For real, no, for real. They would have so many updates. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, I don't even know what a Windows 1000 is. What the hell? The aliens are like, no, we got rid of Windows a long time ago. The spaceship is one piece. Do you see it? That's true. That was a beautiful ship, by the way. It was. I like the design on that. Okay, the Matrix. Here's one. Ooh, I got this There's a lot of rules to remember in the Matrix. Yes, there are. Here's an important one. Everyone who jack... Sorry, everyone who jacks into the Matrix needs someone to plug them in to make sure they're okay and let them back into the real world. Yes. Cypher visits the evil Agent Smith in the Matrix to betray his crew. Yes. And he does all of this alone, even though we just saw that you can't do it alone. How? You just froze like hell froze over. What happened? Okay, guys, for those of you that are Matrix uh, geeks, please let me know how that was possible. Yeah. Because that, I'm not as huge of a Matrix nerd like I saw the first one several times. Uh, but the second and third, not as much. So maybe it's explained. Mm-hmm. And the second and third one. Okay. I have a few more. I'm sorry, these are so good. And we have time, so. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. Taken. With a very particular set of skills, ex-CIA agent Brian Mills promises to get back at the people who kidnapped his daughter, Kim. Yes. And he rampages across Eastern Europe to do so. There's just one person that could have used his help. His daughter's friend, Amanda, took this trip with her, and nobody cares about her. In fact, Brian happens to wander in on her dead during the investigation, and she's never mentioned the rest of the film. Can someone please go comfort her non-action hero parents? <clears throat> there, there. I I will avenge your daughter with my particular set of skills. <laughs> That's so horrible, but kind of funny. Have you seen Ocean's Eleven? A long time ago. Okay. It's is a bank robbery and a casino <laughs> kind of deal. Alright, in one of Ocean Eleven's delicious final reveals, the Bellagio vault's money is found to have been switched out with nothing but adult ads. The perfect way for Danny Ocean to turn the final screw on Terry Benedict. So how did the ti- yeah, how did the titular even pull that off? I have no idea. Um, Not even the film's director knows. Okay then. That wasn't that interesting. That was weird. I, like I said, I don't really remember it as much as I remember the Oh, what uh, about Gremlins? You ready? I remember Gremlins. Gremlins has three rules for dealing with the tidal creatures. Yes. Don't put them in sunlight. Yeah. Wait, what? Yep. Don't put them in the water. I and don't that. feed them after midnight. I knew the last two, but what? They... If you do any of these, you'll risk turning the cuties into destructive, bloodthirsty creatures. Yes. Don't feed them after midnight. Technically speaking, it's always after midnight. And simultaneously before midnight. 12.01 a.m. is both one minute after midnight and 23 hours and 59 minutes before midnight. Is midnight the only, is midnight the only time you're allowed to feed them? That bothers me a lot. It bothers me, too, because I don't think that that should count then. I mean, technically, midnight is everywhere. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the world, it's midnight. Mm-hmm. 
I got another one. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, now you're getting into nerd zone. Yeah, now you know you're, <laughs> you know where you're at now. <laughs> oh, Lord. In the third, more mature Harry Potter adventure, the magical gang uses a time-traveling device called a time-turner to go back and save Sirius Black and Harry himself from the clutches of evil Dementors. How cool. Potentially franchise-killing, though. Why not use the time-turner for every single adventure they've ever been on? Mm. As a matter of fact, why not go back and stop Harry's parents from being killed by Voldemort in the first place? Ah. Fans of Harry Potter's deep lore have justified it, but the movies make no attempt... Okay. I just had my whole childhood come crumbling down, you Me guys. Me too. Me too. Uh, that is actually great questions, because I'm sorry. The I... only thing that I can think of is that he said that it messes with the time, like, you know the whole time chain thing? So maybe that... It would mess with it, and maybe that's why. But that's kind of a stretch, though, because it didn't do it the last time. As long as they're careful, why not? Yeah. I mean... At the same time, though, maybe there's a bigger plan, or maybe there's a prophecy that Dumbledore knows about. Or, I don't know. He kept so much of that shit in the dark. Mm-hmm. Alright, now, I'm ready to go into my segment. Okay, let me make sure I got the rest of them here really quick. Alright. I've got The Dark Knight. You want to hear that one? Go ahead, The Dark Knight. I like that. Okay, Heath Ledger's terrifying Joker crashes a lavish fundraising party for Harvey Dent. When he can't find the attorney, he decides to chuck Rachel Dawes out a window instead. Yeah. Batman falls after her, rescues her from death, and go and on to the next scene we go. But wait, when Batman and Rachel fly out of that window, the Joker was just at the party with a bunch of innocent people. And what whole... happened? Did the Joker just leave? Like, <laughs> let all these people go, or did they mingle and make awkward small talk? <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> so, you guys really want to know how I got my scars? <laughs> Caviar. Right. I got a uh, Star Wars one. Seriously, we have some time, and these are actually really funny ones. All right, go ahead, go ahead. All right, so Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Have you heard of Star Wars? No. I'm reading it, so I'm not actually asking you. Just saying. In the first prequel installment, The Phantom Menace, it's discovered that Anakin grows up to be Darth Vader Skywalker, mm-hmm. built C-3PO, and interacted with R2-D2 all the time. Cute, right? Right. So why in the original trilogy does Darth use to be Anakin... Ah, sorry. So why in the original trilogy does Darth use to be Anakin Skywalker Vader not recognize the droids. Why doesn't he say or do anything with them? Has he become so hardened that he's forgotten his past, or is it because the prequels were just not very well thought out? Probably both that, and I mean, if I understand the uh, prequels correctly, I'm a gore lover, so I watched how he became Mm -hmm. Darth Vader by, like, falling into the lava and, you know, then getting, like, metal stuck to his arms and legs and all that. It's kind of cool. Maybe the pain just kind of drove him insane, and so now really he's just a puppet. Yeah. Uh, the next one was Hercules. Hades, king of the underworld, wants Hercules dead. He puts his best henchmen, pain and panic, on the job. They yes. tell him he is dead, and Hades believes them for quite some time. But as we know, they're dead wrong. <laughs> Hercules may be super strong, but Hades is, without exaggeration, the king of the underworld. Why didn't he double-check that Hercules was actually dead? Like... Just look around. He lives and works in the place where dead people go. Wouldn't Hercules have shown up? 
Oh my god, that's so true! Uh, I'm sure it's on your end. He's here somewhere, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Wow. That's hilarious. The Santa Claus. Inside one of the more morbid legal procedure-based family films, the Santa Claus follows grumpy Scott Calvin as he accidentally kills Santa and gets a new job as Santa thanks to a magical contracts clause. It's become a holiday tradition. The film establishes that parents don't believe in Santa. And yet the film represents and and yet the film presents as objective fact that Santa is real. So on Christmas morning, when the kids open presents from the real Santa, whom parents don't believe in, what do they think? How can they reckon with this cognitive dis dis cognitive dissonance? There we go. That's a hard one to say. Uh-huh. All right. Mm. I've got Edward Scissorhands. I love that one. I've always wondered whether he's a person or a robot. Yes. Edward is shown working in an attic. So where did the ice come from? Edward couldn't have gotten it himself because he can't sleep in a dang water bed without his scissor hands getting in the way. Plus, how does he keep all the ice frozen in a Southern California attic? Hmm. Those are good questions. (laughs) Beauty and the Beast. Here's the mechanics of the curse behind the Disney classic. A sorceress cures the prince in... uh, a prince to turn into the beast after he's rude to her and refuses her shelter. Yes. When he turns 21 and hasn't found true love, the curse starts to become permanent. This all happened 10 years ago, which means the prince was friggin' 11 when he got cursed. Not a grown-up man like a stained glass window depicts. And also, come on, sorceress, chill. That's a little kid. Of course <laughs> his manners aren't going to be great. What are you going to do next? Conjure candy from a baby? <laughs> Ah, stranger danger! (laughs) Slams the door. You blocked me out! (laughs) I love it. Children are beasts, anyway. (laughs) Alright, here's signs. Um, Bo was supposed to leave glasses of of waters around for Meryl to smack with a baseball bat because the aliens are burned by water. So wouldn't just being alive on Earth kill the aliens on account of the water in the atmosphere? How can they run around in dew-covered crop circles? Wouldn't this have come up in their space research, and why couldn't they at least have gone to the desert? Because they're not very smart. I mean, for doing intergalactic space space travel. Nice. All right, this one's National Treasure. Love that movie. Me too. Most of the Nicolas Cage adventure flick, where did it go? I just decided, oh, there it is, is renowned for its calm, patient accuracy. But there's something seriously off about the famous moment when Cage's Benjamin Franklin Gates steals the Declaration of Independence. Other than the sheer lunacy of those words put together in that order, when Ben reads the Declaration letter, we see it starts with we the people, but that's the opening to the Constitution, not the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration begins with, when in the course of human events... Either Ben made a serious miscalculation, or that's a huge error. I think that was an error. Oh my god, that was kind of huge, guys. Your whole movie was about, you know, American national treasure. That's name... Ah! Okay, then. Tarzan, I know. Sorry, guys, I had to get a drink. Alright, so, Little Mermaid. Some of these Disney ones I'm actually getting mad at. Okay. I was a Disney girl. She wants to be where the people are. So Ariel, the little mermaid herself, makes a deal to gain legs and lose her voice just so she can go above the sea and fall in love with Prince Eric. Yes. Complications, often involving charades, ensue. 
But why didn't she write on a piece of paper to Eric about what was going on? After all, we see her write in English earlier when she signs her name for the deal. Fans asked animators this question at an event. The animators just smiled and said, next question. They don't know either. They have no idea. Next. Yep. All right, that was my last one. So if you want to go ahead and do yours, I am ready for you. All right, so this is kind of actually a game. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing an example one because I know you saw the first one. Uh, that explains badly the description of an animal. Okay. You're going to try to guess that said animal and see if you're right. Okay. All right, so first one is a beach chicken. I know you saw this one. I did see this one over your shoulder. It was okay. seagull. Yeah. So that's an example one, folks. Um, beach chicken. It's a chicken because it's a bird, and it's on the beach because it, you know. I wonder if it tastes like chicken. Please don't go chase down seagulls and eat them. Please. Stop it now. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody, if you have not seen that video, you have to. It is Bad Lip Readings, The Empire Strikes Back. It's Yoda singing the weirdest songs ever. I love it. All right. How about this? Floaty potato. Oh, jeez. Floaty potato. Floaty potato. Big old floaty potato. Um, inner tube? No, it's an animal. I've never seen a living <laughs> inner tube. Oh, shit. I didn't know they were all animals. I thought yeah. you were saying that first one was. No, go ahead. Okay, floaty potato. Floaty potato. Obviously, it's a water creature, right? Yeah. That's the floaty part. What the hell would a potato be, though? It doesn't go moo, but many people say it is. It's the blank of the sea. Oh, porpoise. No. Uh, Norwal. No. <laughs> What's the ni- beluga? <laughs> no, it, it it usually is actually in freshwater. It... Seal? I don't, I'm trying to remember. I see it in my head, but I can't remember what it's called. We have a city nearby that sounds kind of like it. Mm. And that has a springs. Steamboat Springs, Manatee, Manatee! There we go. There we go, Manatee. <laughs> Took me a second. I was like, it's one of those things that looks like a really obese dolphin. All right, hang on, guys. This is about to get slower than a snail on morphine. What? These answers. Shut up, just go. <laughs> All right, so, floppy, floppy sea spider. Octopus. All right, that was easier. Okay. Um, but you know that they are actually super smart. They really are. I've I've seen that they can actually undo locks and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Also, as far as I understand, they don't have bones, so they can fit through almost anything. Yes, they can fit in jars and all that stuff. I just actually want to know, is it possible to transfer the brain of an octopus to a person? And if so... This bothers me. Can you just trade the whole head, like, get rid of the arms? Oh, stop! We're not playing Davy Jones (laughs) dress-up! What is wrong with you? I just want to know how smart they really are. If they could speak, you know, with vocal cords, Mm -hmm. that'd be interesting. Now, this next one. This is a dirty needle. Mosquito. Yep. Yeah! I'm getting better at this. Alright, so, this is called 
A magical safety dragon. <laughs> a magical safety dragon. Yes. And this has to be an animal. Um, I'll show you the uh, thing because it looks. You just need to. Oh, um. Komodo dragon? Close. You don't have to know your dragons. It's a bearded dragon. Bearded dragon, whatever. Yeah, bearded dragon. Alright, so this next one, though, is a lot easier. Arrow pig. That's easier? Yeah, arrow pig. Um. I feel stupid now because I'm not catching it. Um. Give me a clue. They have arrows. Really? <laughs> they look a little like pigs. That's so helpful. Um. Okay, I give on that one. What is it? Porcupines. Jesus. They don't have arrows. They have spikes. Okay then. La di da. Pointy, not arrow. Anyway, go ahead. It's supposed to be bad descriptions. That's a good point. If I gave That's you a good great dis- bad description. Exactly. Winter tree dog. Winter tree dog. Winter tree dog. Groundhog? Squirrel? Oh dear. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I literally just told you. Oh dear. <laughs> so, yeah, bucks. They look like their antlers are just. Trees. Tree, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was not as easy for me. I feel stupid now. Nope, rope. Snake. Yep. This animal, collectively in the uh, animal world, is just known as an asshole. Hmm. A cat? You're right. Really? You're right. Woohoo! That's awesome. That's the only one I could think of because cats, cats are assholes. I mean, you go to pet them and they're like, "Oh, that feels good," but if you don't do it fast enough, they bite your hand or claw your wrist, and you're like, "Dude!" Or they'll paw your hand to get you to pet a certain spot, then two bite seconds you for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They're bipolar assholes. <laughs> so what about a baby T Rex deer? Mm. Baby T Rex deer. Baby T-Rex deer. So the shape of a deer? Kind of, but also kind of looks like a T-Rex. Kangaroo? You're right. Yeah! Think about it. They got the little arms. Yeah, no, I got that. It just took me a second. I was like, hmm. Just just saying. I understand that we've never seen a T-Rex before. So how do we know they didn't have like kangaroos? That's frightening, but it would explain why everything shakes in the movie when you hear them coming. For real. I mean, I actually am starting to think maybe they were just evolved down to uh, kangaroos. Possibly. Can you imagine? Do you think kangaroos and chickens are related then? I really don't know. They say they are because of DNA and stuff like that, but you know what? I I don't see it. Everything's related. There we go. Topic over. Okay, what about a dragon shrimp? Dragon shrimp. Is that a uh, sea horse? Is it? 
Wouldn't that be a good one, though? It would be. Okay. Say it one more time. Dragon shrimp. Dragon shrimp. Hermit crab? No. Getting very close, though. Mm. I don't know. Show me. Lobster. That makes sense. Yep. The last one, and then we can go to the uh, next segment here. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Tunneling ball sack. Naked mole rat? Yes. Yeah! <laughs> and all, also, that's nasty. <laughs> well, I mean, it worked. Yep. Alright, so our next segment is called Misinformed. That is going to be a girl, like M-I-S-S, Misinformed. It's a chick who just doesn't get it, like... You know how you say something and it can be taken two ways? She always takes it the wrong way. So, for example, give me give me anything that you could possibly take more than one way. I like birds. Okay. On the one hand, she could think that you mean that you are sexually attracted to birds. That's creepy. That is creepy. On the other hand, she could think that you have a job... Saving the birds. On the other hand, she could think that you have a pet that's a bird. There's a lot of different ways that it could go. Now, the conversation, if two people are having one, that they both understand differently because the things they're saying are somewhat vague, it can be offensive once you get to the end. You know, it's like things that you can say to so-and-so, but you can't say to so-and-so. Have you seen that? The ones that I've mostly seen are, like, girlfriend and car, which I didn't want to, like, yeah. talk about, but... Those things that are related, I I don't know. I love those. I think those are cool. So, did you want to do one with me, or do you? We can we can try that. Yes, okay. this is a new segment, so this is a kind of a work in progress here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but everything's kind of a work in progress. Yeah, we already had to test the uh, sound quality <laughs> earlier, and you dropped it. Yes, good that job. A, by the way, that wasn't a drop. That was just me testing the sound quality. Right, sure was. Right, um. While you're grabbing those and getting them together, um, I was going to tell them about the improper intonation. Okay, so if you say, 90% of what you say is, like, not what you're actually saying. For example, if I say, I like cheese, I sound bored, right? If I'm like, I like cheese, you're like, you're a creep. If I'm like, I like cheese, you sound like some ditzy blonde that loves cheese. Right? If I'm like, oh my god, I like cheese. <laughs> or I'm like, I like cheese. You know, it's like, I could go for that. There's a lot of different things that come from one saying, and it's all different because of the fact that you're using different intonation. So sometimes people can get the wrong message if you don't use the correct intonation. I have noticed that all questions usually end on an up note when you're asking them. Have you noticed that? Yes. So, for example, ask me anything. Ask me where I come from. Where'd you go? No. Okay. Where did you come from? Okay, now you're trying to get out of singing it in your head. Stop it. Okay, where did you come from? See how it goes. Come from. It's like, it goes up right at the end. If you're like, where'd you come from? Where'd you come from? Yeah, see? It sounds way more angry. Where where did you come from? Yeah, see? It's interesting. It can sound like a lot of different things if you don't say it right. That's true. Alright, are you ready with your misinformed? I am trying to find good examples here, but because of the uh, lack of uh, 
intel on here it makes it very well i was actually just trying to introduce it so we don't have to do that today if you don't want to i was just that's telling fine. them about that's that segment. What, what is the next segment that we can do um what are you trying be... to say you remember that yes what are you trying to say okay so the one that we're doing now is called what are you trying to say and basically it's showing you that there are people out there that are so negative they can take offense to anything and i'm really good at thinking like that i don't know if that's a good thing i should be saying right now but it's the truth so let's let's the let's the aggravation begin i give levi (laughs) aneurysms like this all the time and he loves it are you ready yep i love it you do (laughs) you do don't lie come on it hurts my brain. But <laughs> you love it, and you know it. I, the other day, you did the same thing to me, and you were like, I totally get why you love this. This is fun. It is fun. To do the other side. All right, All right. now, uh, what would you... Can I get a drink, please? Excuse me? I really just... Excuse me? I am not your maid, okay? Do I look like a maid? Do I dress like a maid? Do I have a tattoo on my forehead that says, yes, sir? Um, no, you don't, but you do have the drinks between your feet. Oh, yeah, my bad. Here, do you want one? Yeah, please. Okay, so, we're going to do a little bit of a taste test here while we're finishing the segment. This is for the 7 Select brand, the Ghost Smarts. It's like a cold-pressed organic juice, and they are delicious people. They taste like smoothies of heaven. Yeah, they actually have real fruit in them that feels like it's just been blended up. Mm-hmm. So this first one's called Tropical Glow. I'd like you to open that and go ahead and take a taste while I am getting this set up. Now give me a what are you trying to say? Uh, let's see. This is going to taste really good. You trying to say it tastes better than me? That's kind of a stretch, isn't it? Okay, so you're saying that I'm stiff. I'm not flexible enough for you? You do have arthritis. Okay, so now I'm old and ugly. Is that what you're trying to say? How does arthritis have to do with beauty? Are you telling me that a be- that a beautiful spine is incursive? Okay? That's not a beautiful spine. I don't want to be hunched over like a little old lady when I'm 40. Well. I refuse to be the stereotypical granny cost- crossing the road that does like... Her, oh dear. B- her back goes higher than her head, you know? Yes. That's just kind of creepy to me. Okay, okay. Kay. Try again. I'm trying, but... Give it's... me give me something. You can state anything. Look around and make a statement. That tree is brown. Okay, so you're saying that it's more tan than me? You're saying that you like darker colors, so I just gotta go get me a tan, huh? Actually... You don't care that it's gonna cause cancer to my skin. No, you just want somebody who's tan. Look at me, Mr. Tan! That actually really bothers me. Trees are tan. <laughs> they are outside literally all day, every day. I've I never... wonder if that's why the bark is brown. That's what I was just thinking. I've never thought of this, but is that why the bark is brown? I have no idea, but pass the lighter. It's down there. Ew. Oh, I love these things. By the way, guys, these things are amazing. They're called space joints. They're, like, rolled in the oil stuff, and then they're rolled in the keef. So it's Mm. like triple packed, and then it goes into an awesome joint, and oh, these are amazing. Okay, so this first Go uh, go Smart 7 Select. 
cold organic pressed juice. It's tropical glow. It's got pineapple, orange, banana, apple, mango, passion fruit, and coconut water. And this is good. Okay, so let's rate this on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to say this is a strong 8. Mm. For me, I'm going to say it's a 6. Okay. Well, I know what some of these the ones in there are. Like, there's a green one I'm not looking forward to drinking by body anyway. Why? Because it's got mint and cucumber. Hey, and... guess what I picked up? Oh, boy. <laughs> this next one is clean and green. It's got kale, cucumber, apple, spinach, mint, celery, lime, and parsley. Oh, my God. This does not sound like it's going to taste good. Nope. <laughs> ah, the things we do for you guys. Okay. You ready? Uh, I'm going to let you taste that one first. Um, <laughs> Chicken? Yeah. Uh, oh! Woo! Oh! This is going to be a good one. Oh, God. Um, I might need to open my door and puke out of it in a moment. I just smelled it. Okay. Oh. Mm. It does not taste good, but it doesn't taste as bad as I thought it would. Okay. Well, I'm drinking half of mine on this one, so you can go ahead and have that. You can have all of that one if you like it. Oh, boy. I'm not even going to try to smell it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to look over there in the mountains and act like I've drank this before. Mm-hmm. It's not good, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be. What do you think? I feel like I just drank a little toothpaste. Yeah, it's a little bit of mouthwash, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's not horrible. Oh, hey, horrible, I think you forgot something. Woo, my eggs! Protein Did you get packed. me something? We can share these. No, I don't like those. Those are nasty. You don't like... I know you like deviled eggs. Yeah, but boiled eggs is different. They have no flavor. You're weird. I don't like them. And for those of you out there who think I'm a freak, yes, I do not like bacon that much. Yes. Like, I can eat strips of bacon every now and again, but I have to be in the mood for it. And I hate the bacon-flavored shit. A lot of it I can kind of understand, because it doesn't taste like real bacon. But bacon... It's blasphemous that you don't oh. like bacon. Yeah, this next one's called Berry and Bright. It's got tart cherry, carrot, blackberry, bilberry, cranberry, acai berry, and prom pomegranate. Mmm. Yeah? Yeah, try it. Yeah. So that uh, green one, I'm rating it like a two. Yeah, no, that was It wasn't horrible. So yeah. I'm going to say like a four. I'm giving it a two. But this one right here is a strong six or seven for me because it tastes too much like it's uh, cranberry juice. Okay, well, I would give this a seven. So okay. um, this one is something I like over the first one. This one's my favorite so far. Let's just keep track of our favorites. So right. far you like this one better, the tropical one. Yes. Okay. That, does, that doesn't surprise me. I am a tropic freak. You are from Florida. I know we have another bag down here. Okay. This one's called Restoration Red. It is tomato, beet, strawberry, apple, lime, and tart cherry. And I think I've had this one before and it was delicious. Makes okay. you feel restored. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This one is, like, a strong eight for me. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. That one's really good. That's yeah. up there with the person. Restoration Red. So is this your favorite so far? No. It's still the tropical one, but okay. not by much. It's oh. close. <sighs> Could you grab the other ones for me? Claw machine. <laughs> you feel it? <laughs> no, not really. Right, hold on. Sit up. Oh, wait. This is the last one, I think. Yeah, it is. Get it! <laughs> All right, guys. All right, so this next one's called Berry Banana Bliss. And it is strawberry, banana, apple, watermelon, tart, cherry, and beet. And I think this one was really good, too. Oh. Okay, that's a nine. This one's my new favorite. Okay. Okay, we have a new favorite. Okay, so we have a unanimous favorite. This one, Berry Banana Bliss, is the best. It really is bliss. It's bliss. It's beautiful. And now I'm going to have to fight you for it. Half and half. I don't know. We're going to split these later. All right, so... There's that. Um, ways to keep your relationship exciting. Oh, that's just kind of doing stuff like this out of the ordinary. Yep. Change up your routine. You know, spice it up somehow. Even if it's just something as simple as driving a different route back home from wherever you're at. Make sure that you keep every day exciting. Learn something new, whether it's together or apart, it doesn't matter. But learn something new and bond over that. Mm -hmm. Like... Sometimes when we're bored, Levi will be like, so what do you want to learn today? And I'll just be like, ah, let's see, what have I wondered lately? And then we go find out. And knowledge is great, you guys. So finding out more stuff, it's both productive and, and entertaining. That's true. If you're worried about not being able to have enough time because you need to be making money, you can do things that are fun to make money. For example, take your kids out on the side of the road, and I know that sounds horrible, but wait, <laughs> depends on the age, of course, and have, oh great, we have a train coming by. Sorry, guys. Anyway, um, and have them try to find the uh, cans and recycle them. Now, you're making money off the cans. The kids are entertained because it's like an Easter egg hunt for them. And yeah. you guys are all spending time together. That's a triple win. And you're doing some good for the community. Exactly. Quadruple win. Yeah, definitely. So, that's a great <laughs> idea. Um, you can mix it all up and make sure that it works together so that you're not stretching yourself so thin on time. Um, some other things that keep your relationship exciting. Don't be afraid to tap into your immature side. I mean, you gotta know when to not use it, but being able to joke and laugh about, even if it's stupid kiddish stuff, is really fun. It really is. Like, we'll get into arguments over watching the kids' TV shows with them. Like, we'll get into arguments over the main characters and who would win in a fist fight. Yep. I remember that. <laughs> We're like, hey, I got five bucks on so-and-so. Dora would totally kick the crap out of, uh... Boots? Boots, yeah. Yeah, probably. But since we agree on that, we can't bet now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, Boots does have boots, but... Boots has boots, but why is he called Boots? Is he wearing boots made of himself? Because if so, that's really creepy. <laughs> I'm just saying... Boots, those boots are so nice. Thank you, they have monkey fur. <laughs> I used to have a mother. Now I have boots. Oh my god. 
You disturb me so much. Okay, here we go. I start, okay, so these are things called FMLs. It's basically something that um, people put up on the internet that's like, I had the worst day ever. And this one is one I wanted to read to you guys because it's funny. I started new meds because I've been emotionally numb since I was 14. I never learned how to manage real feelings, and I'm on a roller coaster that involves crying over nothing, feeling jealous of my husband's Xbox, and getting angry at an inanimate object. Is there a return policy on this? No, not really. It's really not. My boyfriend of five years said that he wants to marry and spend his life with me. But first, he wants to, to go be wild for, and single for a few years before settling down. Not only does he not see a problem with this, but he expects me to wait and be faithful while he goes and gets it out of his system. Dude. You guys, people who are like that are so stupid. They suck so bad. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. People suck. Anyway, um, so we are going to kind of sign off there, but... We will see you next time here on Relationship.